0: where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. We are recording this show on October 31st, 2016. My name is Brad Galloway and I'm the editor of gamecritics.com. I am also 50% of this here show. With me as always is another member of the game critic staff, Corey Motley. Corey, how you living?
1: Uh, Brad, you just lied to the audience we're recording on the 30th, you dork
0: oh man <laughs> busted all right busted. rewind <laughs> october 30th okay Today just put that in post Halloween. fix it in post We're yeah going. right all right
1: no i'm good i'm good though um you know i can't resist calling you out on an error though
0: well i make so few i can understand the joy you take in that
1: that's true i have to really jump on it every time you make an error but uh i'm good i'm good i uh don't think i have anything exciting to tell you about life updates right now so
0: well this is Um, our banter segment we got to banter a little bit some banter all right well just just a little bit a little bit okay
1: i can give you a little bit so i feel like i talk about it all the time but i am a parkour photographer like in my free time and one thing that pisses me off so much about photographing parkour is whenever the people in the parkour group are super flaky and because there's like probably like six main people
0: now, wait a I mean, minute. Super flaky. Are you talking about hygiene? Like, are they leaving dandruff all over the place? They,
1: no, thank goodness. Um, Cause that's
0: gross, dude.
1: I mean, it might be good for photographs, but not for like their personal hygiene. Leaving um, a
0: trail of snowflakes behind you when you're doing some sick jump.
1: Um, ew, first of all, <laughs> um, but it, like, okay. So yesterday, like we, they go out on Saturdays every week and I sort of, if one of them listens to this podcast, they're going to be so mad, but they probably won't listen to it. But that like Saturdays like the day we go out every week and I go out almost every Saturday to photograph them. And, like, right at the time we were supposed to show up yesterday, one of the guys in the group, like, wrote, we have, like, a big Facebook page for the whole group, and he, like, wrote on the wall, like, oh, a bunch of us aren't going to be able to come out today. And I was just, like, are you fucking serious? Like, could you not have said something an hour ago, two hours ago, yesterday? Like, I doubt whatever happened in all of your lives at the same time happened right now. And then he's, like, oh, well, we're going to go out tomorrow... So, you know, everybody come out. So, of course, I get up. I photograph some of the guys yesterday, the guys who showed up. And then I get up and go out today. It's, like, it was, like, 70 degrees yesterday. Beautiful. Today it's, like, 50. And I'm, like, freezing my balls off. And I go out. And fucking nobody shows up. There's, like, two guys that show up. And, like, I don't want to be an asshole. But, like, they're not really the best guys in the group. And, of course, like, I want to photograph the good guys. And I'm just, like, don't, like, don't don't say you're going to come out and then don't show up like, Oh my God, it just fucking annoys me so much. And I, that's, that's it. That's my banter for you. Annoying people being flaky whenever I want to photograph them doing flips and stuff.
0: I hear that, man. I mean, I don't do a lot of parkour photography. So, but, but but about the whole being flaky thing, I can't stand people who say they're going to do something and then don't do it. I mean like, you know, be honest, be decent. If you're not going to do something, just be straightforward about it. So I, I get that frustration big time. And and actually it's funny you bring that up because that's one of the things that we talk about uh, in my family quite a bit. My dad was super flaky about a million things and growing up with a dad like that, it taught me to like never trust what he said. And so like every time he would like promise, Oh yeah, this year we're going to Disneyland or Oh, this year we're gonna to go to the I don't know, we're gonna to go to some fun thing like I would know in the back of my head, nah, it's bullshit, right? And that's like a shitty way to grow up. So I always like with my family now, I really think about that consciously. And whenever I say something, it's like my, my family knows and my kids know, like when dad says something, he's fucking, he's about it. Like it's going <laughs> to happen. Like it is fucking for sure going to happen. So it's, I, I can't stand flaky people, man. It, it bugs me personally. It's a waste of time. Can't stand it at all. So, all right, good, good banter. As for my banter, a um, little bit of sad news on my end. Um, I, I didn't realize that tomorrow was Halloween. So we're recording this on the night before Halloween. Uh, I looked at my calendar and for whatever reason, it wasn't marked that it was Halloween. Like I looked like what was going on that day and there was just blank. So I'm like, oh, fine. And I actually have to work. And so this will be like the first Halloween that I've ever missed going out with my youngest son. So uh, it's kind of weird for me that I'm not going to be there and I'm kind of bummed about it. But I just I can't get out of the work I committed to it. And like I just said, when I commit to something, I do it. So that is kind of shitty. I I wish that uh, the people who had made that calendar had marked that that day was Halloween. I don't know why it wasn't there, but oh, well, I'll, uh, I'll just deal with it. We'll go and we'll dress up on a, in costumes on another day and just, (laughs) I don't know, eat some candy, make up for it. Well,
1: that that's the funny thing about your family though, is that I know just from talking to you that any, it could be like July, like 15th, like any day of the year, if your son is like, oh, I want to dress up as something. You're like, all right. And he just dresses up and you guys go do whatever you guys go to like Walmart or whatever. And he's like dressed as a ninja or something. And I feel like more families should, uh, let their kids just dress up as ninjas and go out shopping whenever they want to. But I feel like a lot of families don't do that.
0: Why not? You know, like what's it hurting? Nothing's going on. In fact, it's funny you say that because my kid is actually dressed up like the red power ranger today. He's got a holster. (laughs) He's got a gun that turns into a sword. He's got the mask. He's just like, he's just kicking it at home. Like nothing's going on. So yeah, costumes are fun. I mean, if you're a kid, be a kid, enjoy your, enjoy your time as a small one and and wear costumes and and have good times. So yeah. Parents, if you're listening, it's no big deal nobody cares. Other people think it's fun. It's cool. You know, whatevs. Chill out. All right. That's plenty of banter. Probably more banter than I'm comfortable with. So we're moving on. But before we get started on this week's episode, we would like to invite you, the listening audience, to please send us your thoughts, feedback, ideas, anything else you'd like to. You can reach us at SoVideoGamesPodcast at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter at SoVideoGames. So getting down to business, getting to the meat the meat of this podcast because I like meat. Uh, well, you know, depending oh, if it's cooked well, if it's got sauce, I don't know. I mean, you know, not just any meat, but anyway. Brad, let's talk about some games. Let's talk about some games. Corey, what you been playing, sir?
1: Well, Brad, have you ever played a game that's so disappointing and underwhelming you feel like you just have to talk about it immediately?
0: That's like the last twenty years for me.
1: Well, uh, it just so happens that I played free recently
0: wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute are you saying Corey motley that you don't like oxen free that came uh, out this year in may 2016 for night school studio available on all platforms
1: oh my god um yeah i uh i don't like it and i it, 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 the thing that's killing me is that this game came out it came out first on xbox one like earlier this year i guess in may like you just said and yeah and I almost bought it when it came out because everybody loved it when it came out. It was this, like, new, interesting game, and it had cool dialogue, and... Oh, no, the, oh not
0: everybody. Not everybody I, I know, liked it. I know, Not everybody.
1: <laughs> and I was waiting for it to come to PlayStation 4 because I do most of my gaming on PS4, and then it came to PlayStation 4, and I didn't want to pay full price for it. I was like, okay, something about this game, like, I'll just wait for it to go on sale, whatever, And luckily, PSN is having, it's, uh, they're having, like, a Halloween sale right now, so there's, like, some spooky games on sale. It went on sale on PS Plus for, like, $12, I think, and I thought, all right, $12, like, perfect, I'll buy it, I'll play it, I'm interested in it, everybody love this game, high praise, all around, it has, like, a 78 on Metacritic or something, and I fired it up, and, and the first, like, five minutes of it, I knew that I was not going to like this game. And I was very disappointed because I thought I could trust the internet's popular opinion on this game being good. But I am just not into it. I uh for for those listening who haven't played it or don't know about it, it is a game about four well, I guess it's no, it's like five or six. It's kind of irrelevant. It's a small group of juniors in high school who frequent this small island outside of their hometown They're like small hometown and they like go they like take a ferry to this island to throw parties and have fun and just like you know be high school kids they like drink and stuff and they go out for a party uh, to meet their friends out there for like a little camp out and it turns very quickly into like a spooky ghost story and you kind of get the sense that not everything on the island is as it normally is and one of the an old woman who lived in a big mansion on the island has recently died and the kids have this radio that opens up some kind of like interdimensional tear into like ghost territory and the ghosts start possessing and haunting them and from that description it sounds totally up my alley cuz it sounds spooky it sounds atmospheric it sounds interesting but Let me tell you, for all the praise that the dialogue of this game is getting, because it's very, it's almost like a 2D walking simulator, because it's just you walking around, talking to your friends, trying to get to the bottom of the ghost story, and you use your radio every once in a while to, like, tune into a frequency to, like, summon the ghosts or make the ghosts go away or whatever. The dialogue is fucking awful. I do not understand why... (laughs) Hang on,
0: hang on, hang on. Let's, let's, Let's focus on this for a moment, because... If for people who don't remember when this game came out, the dialogue was basically what sold this game like totally. like you said, it's kind of like a 2d walking simulator where there's not there's no combat. You just kind of walk around from environment to environment. and like as you're walking, like one of the big things was these characters are gonna talk amongst themselves. and so you're kind of like observing their chatter, they're talking about like teenage things, like the party they've been to, their feelings and such and such. And so like there was like a ton. like the whole game is basically, a platform to deliver the dialogue you're walking around and just listening to dialogue so if you don't like that dialogue as you don't and to be perfectly honest i hated that dialogue too i hated this game so if you don't like the dialogue there's nothing else in here for you did you actually finish it or how far did you get and let's not maybe let's not maybe spoil it for people who haven't played but but uh how far did you make it or or, or tell us a bit more about your experience
1: i i did finish it i wanted to make sure that i finished it because i knew from reading bits and pieces about it here and there that it wasn't a long game and it's only about four ish hours long
0: but it feels like 40 right
1: i mean it felt like it could not be over soon enough and when it was finally over i was very happy it was over and i also it's one of those games where i did not understand what the fuck happened whenever the game was over like i thought that it was going to fill out into some, like, interesting resolution about the ghosts or whatever. And I think because I cared so little about all of the characters and I wasn't invested in anyone, I just, like, don't know what the fuck happened at the end of the game. Like, like, the main character you play as, her name is Alex and she has blue hair. And she, she has, like, one of the kind of plot points is that her brother died in the past. And, like... I'm gonna say spoiler alert because I don't care if you're worried about spoilers and you're listening fast forward like 15 seconds at the end of the fucking game her brother came back to life and I got like a trophy for like bringing him back to life and I didn't do anything in the game to make him come back to life and all of a sudden he was just like back alive and the game congratulated me for it and I I'm guessing I got a trophy because it's possible to like not bring him back from the dead and I didn't understand how I did it but it's just like nothing makes any sense and The game was getting all this praise for the dialogue system, and the only interesting thing that the dialogue in the game does is that the kind of the way it works is like you're walking around a player, the other uh, NPCs are talking at you, and you use three of the four face buttons on the controller to give different dialogue uh, options back, I guess you can say like one of three things. The cool thing is that you can say nothing at all, which I went about 90% of the game without saying anything because the less dialogue in that game the better because it's all <laughs> so awful. Yeah. I didn't I didn't even want to say anything. And uh but the the kind of cool thing is that if you don't say anything, the people just keep talking, which is cool because that's kind of how people act in real life. Like sometimes if you're talking to somebody or if you're in a group situation and you don't say anything, the other people just keep talking because silence makes people very uncomfortable. And so the game, yeah, the game does that. Like, the other person will just keep talking at you if you don't say anything, which I think is interesting. And I think that's, like, the only well-done thing the game does as far as dialogue goes. But it's just, like, it kind of reminds me of... uh, of oh my god what is that game that came out earlier this year about that hipster photographer chick life is strange um, life is strange yeah yeah uh-huh. it kind of because i only played like 15 minutes of life is strange and the same thing happened to me in that game where like the dialogue was trying so hard to be like hip and cool and young and interesting that i but it felt like like a 40 year old wrote it who you know hasn't been to high school in 20 years and you know, doesn't understand, like, what, like, hip lingo is, and it's just so eye-rollingly obnoxious that I I stopped playing Life is Strange after, like, 15 minutes, and this game reminds me of that, because they all just say stupid shit, and the, like, I was looking through Metacritic reviews, and, like, everybody was talking about how great the voice acting is. The voice acting is fucking terrible. It sounds like a bunch of 35-year-olds trying to sound like 16-year-olds, and it sounds like they recorded it, like not because you're on like a spooky island and all of the audio coming through sounds like it was recorded in a booth. And it obviously probably was, but it just doesn't like the way they're speaking does not match them walking around
0: or what they're doing. Yeah. 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 I totally get you on that. I mean, I think that uh, the dialogue system is interesting because I don't think there's a lot of games that handle like a natural feeling conversation very well. And I didn't like this game at all, but I will say that in many of the sections, it did feel like two people were having like a pretty natural, normal conversation, which was kind of cool. And I actually did like the, the option of not being able to say anything, which was nice. But one of my big problems with this with this game is that it just doesn't feel very well developed. They leave so much open. And it's like one of those obnoxious games where they mistake like lack of specificity for something that's intriguing. It's just, It just feels like there's holes and it doesn't make a lot of sense and it doesn't really tie together. But more to the point, these conversations that these characters have it doesn't match like you said what's going on like you're on an island it's dark it's scary i don't want to spoil too much but like there's some some really unsettling things happen i mean not unsettling to me the player because i was really bored but if i was that character in the game i would be totally freaked out by what happened And yet they continue having these bullshit conversations about, oh, Becky called me and I really didn't like what she said to me. And then we went to the mall and I saw her there and it was really awkward. And I'm like, why are we talking about this? And in fact, there's this one one section I remember specifically, I think I even called it out in my review because I reviewed this at Game Critics, where something really creepy, like super creepy happened. Like it was a really big event in the game. And in like the very next scene, the characters are talking about like what kind of birthday cake they had at their party. And it was like, why? You guys aren't scared at all. Like you don't feel scared. You're not doing anything that tells me you're frightened of the situation. It's like you're so wrapped up in having cool, natural feeling dialogue that you're, you're forgetting this is supposed to be a creepy game, a scary game. Like, and it just never came together for me. And when you get to the end, I mean, um, I'm just about to ask you what you think of the ending, but for me, the ending was like a total whiff. Um, there, are, there are sections that you can make a different choice. There's a couple different endings. So the ending that you got was not the ending that I got. But mine was garbage. I didn't really like how mine turned out. It didn't make a lot of sense. Yours doesn't make a lot of sense either because that element wasn't really well played up in the story. But, I mean, when you got to the end of the game, did you feel even the remotest sense of satisfaction? Like, did it feel at all worth it to you to finish playing that game?
1: Uh, No, it didn't. Um, I Because I thought the ghost stuff that was happening was actually pretty interesting in the game. But that's, like, it's, like, the whole game is, like, a really interesting core ghost story buried under heaps and heaps and heaps of like terrible dialogue and just like a bunch of teenagers acting like they're almost like too cool for the scary situation at hand. And by the time the ending payoff comes around, I just, I, I don't know. I just didn't care. I wasn't invested in any of the characters and I tried to talk so little to them that they wouldn't, talk back because I was so tired of listening to them talk, but that didn't solve the problem because, like I said earlier, if you don't talk, they keep talking, and, I, I, like, there's a point in the game where one of the ghosts, like, possesses one of the friends, and you can, like, kind of, like, give her up to the ghosts and they I guess they like kill her or something and I could not tell them to kill her fast enough just because I (laughs) didn't want to hear her open her fucking mouth anymore like one less person on the island talking was good for me but somehow they still managed to like bring her back around at the end of the game even though I like told them to take her away and possess her it just did not make any sense to me and yeah. i oh my god
0: i remember that point that was actually the point in the game which i felt like i was just totally done because there are a couple uh sections where you get a choice and if you make a choice well it, it appears you make a choice let me clarify that they make it seem like you have a choice when you really don't and so there was one point where you get the option to leave the island and if you leave the island you're going to leave some of your friends behind. I didn't give a shit about anybody. So I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm out. (laughs) See ya. And like, you go to leave and it's like, nah, we can't do that. And I'm like, ah, like, don't give me the option. Don't make it seem like I have a choice when I really don't. Like that would have been a perfect opportunity to say, oh, you got the bad ending because you left. And I'd be like, okay, that's fine. I didn't like your game. I wanted to peace out. And you, you said you were going to give me a chance to do that. And you didn't, which really bugged me. But, uh, one, one thing I want to, I want to bring up before we leave the topic of Oxenfree one thing that came up for me a lot, and I think that maybe is one reason why perhaps you and I don't like it, whereas, as you said, a certain section of the review-o-sphere like ate this game up with a spoon and just loved it for eternity. Uh, I think that, like, I don't want to sound all weird and like i must, Mr. Get Off My Lawn and stuff, but I think there might be an age, like a line of age, like a line of demarcation where if you're under a certain age, this maybe relates to you more. And if you're over a certain age, Maybe it doesn't, because I think that a lot of the themes of this game, I mean, despite the fact that it's ostensibly a ghost story or a spooky story or whatever, I think what it's really about is that the main character doesn't really know her place in the world. She doesn't know what she's going to do with her life. She's like right on the cusp of becoming an adult. And so a lot of times in the dialogue, she's thinking about what matters to her, where she's going to go, what she values in her life. And... I mean, everybody goes through that phase at some point in your life, or I hope you do anyway. Otherwise, you never mature. But it's like having been there and done that a long time ago, it was really hard for me to like kind of care because I mean, I care about other people's struggle. But at the same time, it was like it felt like a story that was for someone much younger than me. And maybe that was why I just didn't really give a shit, because a lot of the questions that were being raised, I already kind of felt like I knew the answers to. And a lot of the revelations that they came up with in that game, I felt like were old hat to me. I mean, I don't know how you feel like you are in your own personal journey, Corey Motley. But did you did you think that maybe that was a factor? Like, was it maybe meant for someone younger than you?
1: Yeah, I mean, it seems like it's meant for a younger audience. But it also feels like, I mean, it's like not the right time or place for the kind of coming of age story that it's going after. Because it totally feels to totally me like like imagine the movie like Halloween, And, like, Jamie Lee Curtis's friends getting, like, murdered by a serial killer. Like, if they, like, stuck, like, the movie Juno in the middle of that, that's what it kind of (laughs) seems like Oxenfree is. It's like... Trying oh my god to be... that is that is awesome. I <laughs> like, I
0: love that description. That is yeah, fucking amazing.
1: It's just like trying to be this like warm coming of age story because you're totally right. Like the whole through the whole game Alex is trying to decide like does she want to go away to college? Does she want to stay here to college? Like does she want to try to become better friends with one of her friends on the island? And and also the friends that are with her on the island are introduced so quickly in the game that I could not tell any of them apart because they all speak exactly the same. Oh my God, me
0: neither. I couldn't remember anybody's name or who they were. That's so true, yeah. Yeah,
1: like I, so I didn't feel like I had, like none of them had stakes for me because they all act and speak and look exactly the same and their character models on the screen are like an inch tall. And it's just not, it's just not good. I don't know why everybody loved this game so much. It's so dumb and just so badly written i'm just not into it brad i don't get yeah. it yeah
0: no i felt the same way I, I was one of the very few uh dissenters when that game was making the rounds you can even go back to metacritic i think i'm like the lowest score in metacritic oh yeah and i was i was like the only guy who stood up and said this is not for me um i you know i i heard they're even turning that whole property into like a tv show or a movie i think it would be better suited as a strictly like passive medium rather than something that was more interactive because there just wasn't enough to do, and it just didn't really grab me. But anyway, I think it's pretty clear that neither one of us has much love for Oxenfree. I mean, I'll <laughs> say the developers are nice people. You know, best of luck to them. It was clearly a big hit, and we are probably the only two people in the review sphere who didn't like it. And that's the way it goes sometimes. But, you know, whatevs. We didn't like the Oxenfree. Get the fuck out.
1: Yeah, it is. Get off our lawn, Oxenfree. Get, Get of off my lawn, you angsty <laughs> teenager.
0: <laughs> all right, all right. Moving on, moving on. That's that's more than enough time for Oxenfree. Yeah, Let's jump me, to another topic.
1: Tell me what you're playing. I know what you're playing,
0: and I want you to tell me about it. You know what I'm playing because we talked about it before the show, and it's not a secret to you and me, but we're going to act like it's a secret. Corey, you don't know what I'm playing, do you? Uh, no. But all I'm right, mad. I'm going to tell you all about it. Yeah. <laughs> we're I'm reveal that, it right you're, here. that you're playing it before me, though. Yeah. <laughs> So, Titanfall Two released ah. this month, October 2016, on PS4, PC, and Xbox. Crafted by Respawn Entertainment and published by Electronic Arts. Is that right? I that don't. That sound know. right to you? Sounds right. Doesn't matter. Anyway, Titanfall Two, as you might guess, it's a sequel to Titanfall One. Shocker. <laughs> uh, and for those of you who did not play Titanfall One, it was basically online PvP where you start the game as a a character called a pilot, where you have uh, wall-running abilities, you're very mobile, uh, different loadouts. Starts out as being kind of a basic sci-fi first-person shooter. But the hook, as you may guess from the name Titanfall, is that you can call down these gigantic suits of armor or these giant mech suits. They come screaming in from like an orbital dropship, and they literally like fall on the battlefield. You hop in, continue the battle after you get armored up. That's what Titanfall was all about. It kind of sort of had a story mode, but not really. It was just kind of like a basic context of like these two forces are fighting and you're a soldier in the war and you would get like a little bit of dialogue before each battle. But it it didn't make sense. Like there was no real characters. You couldn't follow it. It was kind of a joke. And I got to say, although I ended up coming around and really liking the action, just like the playing of Titanfall, it felt to me like a huge, huge, huge missed opportunity because the robots were cool pilots were cool the setting was cool it just seemed like they just weren't doing enough with it and apparently i'm not the only one who felt that way because titanfall 2 answers all those complaints the biggest new thing in titanfall 2 i mean it still brings the multiplayer online action uh pretty similar to the last game but the big ad is that there's like a full-on campaign now there's a story uh you play a specifically scripted main character You also have uh, the new edition of the Titanfall suits. In Titanfall 1, they were just robot suits. No big deal. But in Titanfall 2, the suit that you have actually has an AI. Like, there's a personality. He talks back to you. And so there's kind of like a buddy-buddy relationship thing going on. Uh, So far, and I'm not very far into it. I would guess I'm maybe halfway through the campaign. I got to say, I'm very surprised by it. I didn't expect what it is. And what it is is very challenging and very original and very fresh instead of just having level after level of something that resembles the multiplayer they have completely done something different and crafted a story about the enemies that you're after are doing all this weird experimentation you have to go after what they're doing and you go in these different levels that are just really bizarre like each level feels like something completely different from the last one and so it's you and your good buddy titan i think his name is bt and there's like a number it's like bt42724 or something like that and you call him bt for short and it's just you and him kind of going through these different levels doing this weird stuff um before we keep talking i don't want to monopolize this too much Corey, did you did you play this or are you interested in this at all
1: yeah totally um i'm actually mad because gamefly i know you and i both use gamefly gamefly shipped this game for me like that do, sometimes they do a thing where they like ship it like the day before it comes out or something, and I think it shipped to like the day it came out or the day before, or the day after or something, and it did not make it to my apartment yesterday, and I was so mad because today's Sunday, so it better be here tomorrow because I want to play it so bad because the internet is talking about how amazing it is, and I even though as we just discussed with Oxenfree, you cannot always trust the internet, but I am I'm really interested in this because it has a single player mode, and uh, I want to hear. I don't know is it good i guess is the real question here
0: it's really okay so like i don't want to oversell it because i see some people online and they're just like saying oh my god oh my god oh my god Uh, okay so like it's really good but it's not good for the reason that you think it's good i mean it is good (laughs) it controls well i think it's fun to play so it's got the action nailed down but the thing that's really interesting is like i said earlier each level is kind of something different now i just just fair warning the first level Pretty boring second level even worse i think they didn't they didn't script that properly like the first two levels are not great but when you get to the third level you're like oh wow this is really cool all of a sudden and it gets really good but it's like there's elements of each level that make you move your character in a certain way like the pilots are very mobile you can wall run you got a double jump you've got a grappling hook and so the levels are very like aerial and you like jump and move around a lot and so there's a lot of verticality and a lot of moving around and that's interesting. Your mech suit, you know, good old BT. He cannot follow you because he's just big and bulky and heavy, so he usually stays on the ground. So there's a lot of splitting up where, like, you might need to fetch some item that's up high, and he'll say, "Okay, well, I'll stay down here." Uh, Pilot, you go up there and get that thing, and then like you'll 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 look down, you'll see him fighting like the local wildlife, or he'll just be kind of doing things on his own. You see him down there, and then you're doing your thing up there, and then you know you frequently get separated. I mean, that just happens, spoiler, and so you got to like reunite. But there's a unique mechanic to each one. Like in one level. It's almost very Portal-esque. Uh, if you, if anybody's played Portal, when you're inside the testing facility, how like each room is kind of constructed to be like a puzzle. That same thing kind of happens here, where you're in a testing facility, and each room is kind of constructed, and like you can't tell like which way is up. Like the floor is the ceiling, and the ceiling is the wall, and like things are kind of moving around, and it's really weird and mind-blowing and confusing. But it's cool, like because you feel like it's it's fresh. It's not just like a regular shooter level. Uh, the next level after that actually has some time travel mechanics. And I was like, oh, my God, this is crazy. And I was really wondering how they were going to incorporate that in the rest of the game because it seemed like a big challenge. But they don't. They just let you do it for one level. And then all of a sudden they're like, OK, we're done with time travel. And I'm like, wow, that was really <laughs> awesome. Like, it was cool. Like, it was really, really cool. And they did some really cool things about it. But it's like I couldn't imagine how they could have make it fresh for the rest of the campaign. And they don't. They're like, yeah, we're done. You did the time travel. It was cool. And we're moving on. And so I think that aspect of it is really what makes it good because it shows that they've been putting a lot of time and thought and effort into what they have you do. And it, it doesn't become stale ever. Like, it just it just keeps being fresh and you don't know what's coming around the corner. So I honestly can't wait to get back to it to find out what is coming up next. Because, I mean, if, if history serves, it's going to be something that I don't expect, which is really not expected. The unexpected is unexpected when it came to Titanfall 2, right? Like, I was, I was thinking it was going to be your typical Call of Duty, you're the you're the last soldier, you've got your mech suit, uh, you know, super soldier against hordes of enemies, you save the day, you save the world, whatever. Um, and maybe that happens at the end, but that's not at all what it's been like so far. It's been very fresh and interesting. Now, I'm not saying that this makes me re-examine the human condition. It's not the best thing in the world. It's not Hemingway or whatever. But like, it so far exceeds what I expected that I'm really having a good time with it. And I'm really, really glad that Respawn did the unexpected i'm glad they went above and beyond with it because that to me like that makes it worth recommending all by itself
1: okay so one thing that is interesting about this whole thing is that on the internet on the twitterverse i see a lot of people comparing this game to doom that came out earlier this year and, Doom, really yeah and and i think because there are a lot, at least from my feeds what i've been seeing is a lot of people are like oh this 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 game is like Doom, but maybe better. And people are saying maybe because of how fast the movement is in it, but it actually does something with the speed and the agility of the character rather than just making the game fast. But I know you did not like Doom. So that presents, I don't know, like a an interesting situation for me because um, I loved Doom and you did not like it.
0: Yeah, I was not a big fan of Doom. I felt like it was just... It got really boring for me, honestly. Like, I felt like it was way too long. And I was kind of into it for a while. But after a few levels, I was just like, I'm just running around and shooting a lot of stuff that's moving really quickly. And it did not offer much appeal to me. Um, So I'll I'll say that I think that in the campaign, it it runs fine and it's great and I love it. Uh, As far as the multiplayer goes, maybe that's what they're talking about. Because the multiplayer is very fast. It's a lot faster than the first Titanfall. Your character is more mobile. I feel like they they just physically move quicker the titans move quicker but the thing that really speeds it up is that you don't have very much life whether you are in a titan or whether you are just a pilot outside of a titan you fucking get killed so fast like when you're running around outside of the titan it's like whoever sees the other person is the winner like if i see you first i will kill you first and you will not have time to react to it because you're dead so it's like it's like whoever sees the other person first is the winner and when you're in a titan despite the fact that you're in this giant suit of metal that you would think would be heavily shielded, you get killed so fucking fast. And so um, I'm not really sure how I feel about the multiplayer. I like the campaign a lot. I'm not sure about the multiplayer because I played a lot uh, of this uh, the multiplayer yesterday with Darren, Darren Foreman, who's also from Game Critics. And it just felt like one of those spawn, got killed, spawn, got killed, spawn, got killed, spawn. Oh, I killed somebody, got killed, spawn. And it just kept going and going and going. It didn't give me that feeling of, like, being very tactical or really planning out my moves or being really sneaky or there were, like, no, like, surprise twists or come, come from behind victories. It was just, like, dying, 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 dying a lot. Now, granted, uh, I don't think that I have the best first-person shooter skills. My my reflexes are definitely not as fast as they used to be. And I, I'm i kind of wondering if maybe the game is just too fast for me because I just can't keep up with, the you know, those, those young kids with their uh, young kid reflexes. But... It it felt like it moved too fast. I mean, at the very least, I feel like the Titans should live a little bit longer so that you can be more strategic and get more use out of them because it takes a while to save up enough uh, energy to calm them down. And, you know, you can't just calm them down at will. So it just it just is very fast moving. And I just felt like there wasn't a lot of um, it wasn't satisfying. Like, I think a good comparison is if you look at Overwatch, which I really am a big fan of Overwatch quite a bit. When you're in Overwatch, if you pick one of the lighter characters, yeah, you'll get killed pretty quick in a, one or two shots. But you can play for a pretty good long time and not get killed if you're careful, if you know the map, if you're running around. I think it works out pretty well. And if you're a tanky character, you can live a lot longer. Like there's characters who can heal themselves or they have shields or something like that. And so I feel like even though I may get killed quickly in, in, in Overwatch, I still am on the field long enough to, to enact a plan, to maybe get somebody a couple times, to do something, to help my team out. Like it feels like I'm doing something positive or I'm achieving something before I get killed. And then you respawn, Whatever. But in Titanfall, I feel like that spawn and die cycle happens so quickly. I feel like nothing's really going on. Like I'm just I'm just throwing myself into a meat grinder and I'm not doing anything that feels very significant. So I fully admit like maybe it's just me, like maybe I'm not good enough or maybe I'm not fast enough to hang because my son really likes it a lot, who is seven. And he's got, you know, the seven year old reflexes. He's really good at Titanfall, too. Um, So I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm just I'm just not in that demographic anymore. But for me, I think that I'm enjoying the campaign so much that it kind of makes up for me maybe not liking the multiplayer. So, I'm I'm still having a good time with it though overall. Do you think that maybe?
1: Do you think that maybe you die a lot because the developers are called Respawn Entertainment and they don't feel like they'd be living up to their name if you didn't die all the time and respawn?
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't think that anybody wants to. Uh uh say that they put this game out under false pretenses because if you are called respawn i mean i guess that that does kind of put the onus on you to uh to live up to that i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i like what you did there though i like that that was yeah, good
1: you know the wheels are always turning over here so that's what i was <laughs> thinking about
0: <laughs> all right well hopefully by this time next week you will have a chance to dip into titan fall 2 i'm looking forward to hashing that out with you uh the next time we record yeah I'm i super think we should
1: interested pr- to play
0: it's, I, I want to get your take on the campaign for sure. I don't know about the multi, but we'll talk about it some more. Well, I was uh, going to say
1: too, um, I, I know like you and I are both not multiplayer guys by any stretch of the imagination, but if I get Titanfall 2 while you have it, I could probably sample the multiplayer with you if you're still playing it.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. I'm sure I still will because my son has been playing it daily and if he's on, then I'll jump in a little bit with him and uh, I think one or two of the other guys that we uh, usually play with are on. So yeah, for sure. We could do it. Absolutely. Cool,
1: cool. That sounds good. Hopefully it gets here tomorrow because I'm like, uh, I want to play it so bad. The campaign just sounds so interesting and everybody on the internet's like basically saying what you said like this is I wasn't expecting a whole lot. So therefore, it's way better than I was expecting. Um, so, yeah, hopefully I, I, that's good.
0: Yeah, I, hate, I don't mean it to sound negative because it's not like I was expecting it to be terrible. But, yeah, it was it was it was a surprise. So good on you. Respawn. And I think we're going to hash this out again next week on the next episode. So let's move on really quickly. Um, We take a quick look at the clock. Okay. Last week, Corey Motley, you may recall we talked about Battlefield 1. We did. And at that time, you hadn't dipped too far into the campaign. And, you know, uh, according to a carrier pigeon, which just arrived here at the uh, studio, uh, I'm, I'm taking the note off of his leg. Hang on, he's. Uh, it's, it's, <laughs> By it's, it's, the studio,
1: it's, you mean your apartment?
0: Well, you know, Game Theory's West Studio, my recording space. <laughs> hang Game on, this really knot, <laughs> this this knot on this pigeon's leg is really hard to untie because he's a small guy. Okay, okay, hang on. Uh, oh God, I oh, got okay. God. It says, it says, it says Corey Motley has been playing more Battlefield One. Corey, is this pigeon bringing me accurate information? Tell us, sir. Uh, what up with Battlefield One? Have you been dipping uh, into it?
1: Yeah, and first of all, um the game in the game you literally play as a carrier pigeon at one point so please tell me that you like worked that in because you knew that about the that campaign. was
0: exactly why i worked that in yes because yeah. i don't actually have carrier pigeons that show up too often sometimes but it. not often yeah
1: um yes so i've been playing a little bit more battlefield one the last time we talked i only played about an hour ish of it um there's like five main campaigns i started with the first i mean you can play them in any order but i started with what i'm calling the first one which is like a guy driving a tank and what pissed me off was the first campaign uh or section or vignette or whatever you want to call it you're like a guy driving a tank and shooting people in the tank and then eventually you have to get out of the tank and it's like you're in this like foggy section i think we talked about this a little bit but you're like walking up there's like three enemy encampments that are all separated by like these foggy stretches of road and you can like shoot them all or you can stealthily take them all out and so you like go in you dispose of the enemies and then you like lead the tank down the street to the next encampment and then you take out those enemies, and then you do the same thing again. And then after you get all three done, the last section is just, like, a free-for-all. Like, um, I mean, I think maybe it was a free-for-all because I messed it up. But it's, like, not foggy, and it's, like, open, and it's just kind of like a big um, battlefield, I guess you would say, um, as the game is called. And I died in that part, and I was—I think it was late or something. And I was like, you know, I'm just going to turn it off. Like, I want to go to bed or whatever. Um, so I stopped playing. And the next night, I turned it on, and... The last checkpoint that I hit was before going to. before taking out any of the enemy encampments at all. So, my checkpoint was literally like 30 minutes before I stopped playing. I had to go back through. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, God. I had to go back through all three enemy encampments. But you know what I said? I saw that that was the checkpoint, and I said, You know what, Battlefield One? Fuck off. I'm going to play a different one of these campaigns because I'm not playing through this 30 minutes again that you just uh, set me back on. So. The fact that you can play any of the campaigns at any point kind of works to its advantage. So I moved on to the next person's campaign, which is like a fighter pilot. And the air combat is really boring. And uh, <laughs> Are it's you just... a fan
0: of air combat in general or no? No,
1: not at all. And okay, okay. this game is not going to change my mind about it because it's just like you just like fly a plane and you shoot some other planes and then you have to do like the big slow U-turn And then you shoot the planes again and then you do the big slow u-turn and then you shoot the planes again and sometimes there's like tanks on the ground that you have to shoot so you like swoop down and shoot them and then you do like the plane u-turn and it was just really i was just really bored and but luckily the the, because the little vignettes in the game are only like a couple of hours long at most so i beat his and it only took like two hours or so and then i moved on to the next one and you play as like a guy in this like cool like suit of armor so he's basically indestructible
0: Whoa, 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 whoa. This is this... Okay, wait, wait, wait. You just said a guy in a big suit of armor, and this yeah. is Battlefield 1, which, correct me if I'm wrong, is about World War One. Now, it may is... I am no historian, sir. I am not an expert on, on World War One, but I don't remember anybody walking around in armored suits. Is that a thing? Was that a thing uh, that happened back then? Well, he's, like, in
1: Italy, so I don't know if it's, like, an Italian thing. If they Italian like...
0: Gundam? I don't remember that I, in World War One. I don't One. know.
1: But he has, like, this... Like, all these, like, armor plates on and like a big machine gun and he can basically like take a lot of damage because it's like having just like a giant suit of armor and i have no idea how realistic this is it's probably not realistic at all in any way shape or form but his campaign par i did half of his campaign and it was kind of interesting because i wasn't dying every two seconds because this game is kind of hard and then half of his campaign you lose the suit of armor and then you start dying every two seconds and last week i remember telling you that i was going to stop playing this game if it got too hard and i think I, I, I'm not sure if I'm gonna stop yet, but I might move on to a different person's campaign because I'm tired of dying every two seconds because I still have like two or three campaigns to go um, but i I'm just not really feeling it that much like every once in a while it does interesting things like the suit of armor thing is interesting but then after he takes the suit of armor off, it's just like you fighting on a battlefield and I know you know I know the game's called battlefield and everything but it's just, yeah. like, you fighting, and you die and like, three bullets, and, I mean, you have regenerating health, which I know everybody in World War One did, but it takes, like, a little while <laughs> to, like, get your health, like, regenerating, and, like, the part that I died on last night, there's just, like, no cover anywhere, it's just, like, these kind of flat, like, it's, like, almost trenches, but they're not quite trenches, because it's, like, kind of flat, it's, like, it hills a little bit. And I'm getting shot at from, like, four different angles, and there's, like, nowhere for me to go. Like, I can't, like, duck anywhere, there's no cover, and so I die, and I was just like, you know what, I'm going to turn this off because I don't really feel like playing it. And uh, if Titanfall 2 gets to my apartment tomorrow, I guarantee you I am not going to play Battlefield 1 anymore. Um, I might play it a little bit tonight because I don't really have anything else to do. But uh, I'm just not... I'm just really not feeling it. I mean, it just feels like another game where you shoot people. And I mean, sometimes that's fine, but sometimes it's not.
0: Well, and to tell you the truth, man, there's a lot of good games out right now. I mean, I don't know what's in your backlog or what you're looking forward to, but there is a shitload out right now. I've got way more games than I can play and a lot that I'm pretty excited about. So, I mean, whenever I hear somebody saying, yeah, I'm just playing it, it's just like an okay thing. I mean, I, I get that not everybody is a reviewer. Like not everybody has a shitload of games laying around. And if that's your one game, You're gonna play it, and that's cool because I've I've been that guy. Like you know, when I was younger, I you know would buy my one game and play it to, you know, completion over and over and over because that's all you had. But but if you have options, if you have Steam where you're buying games for a quarter, if you you're buying stuff on PSN sale or something, there's a lot of stuff out there right now, and it seems a shame to spend some time on a game if you're not loving it. You know, like I mean, I, I I don't think that games have to be like you know awesomely amazing from start to finish. I mean, it'd be great if they were, but. If it's a game where you're just like, eh, I guess I'll play this because I got nothing else, I suppose. I mean, that to me sounds like, eh, maybe we should move on. If Titanfall does show up tomorrow, I say I say, bag it and uh, get in, get an old BT and start shooting some dudes.
1: <laughs> I will probably do that. I don't know. I might play a little bit more tonight just because I don't really have a whole lot else to play at the moment.
0: Um... You know what, though? Didn't you tell me last week, if uh, memory serves, you said that one of the campaigns featured a woman and she was like, uh, like an Arab woman or something like that?
1: Yeah, and I need to do her justice and play her campaign because I feel bad because I, like, bitched about how the campaign's, like, mostly white men and then I haven't played hers yet. But on the map, they position hers at the end, so it kind of, like, gives you the faux idea that her campaign is the last one. Even though the vignettes have nothing to do with each other, despite the fact it's just they're all during uh, World War One, But I've been playing them kind of in order that they're listed on the map and hers is the last. So maybe I should just skip to hers and try it tonight and see how it goes because I am interested in playing hers. I just haven't gotten to it because I'm kind of playing them in the order that I feel like the game wants me to play them in maybe.
0: Yeah, man. Fuck that stuff and jump ahead. I mean, if that's the most interesting (laughs) thing, just like just get that and see how they handle that. I'd be very curious not only to have a female character in a Battlefield game, but someone of Arabic descent. I mean, I'd be... Really curious to see how they handle that, but uh, let us know how that goes. We will check back in with you next week. Um, I think we've got time to cover just one more game on the show before we need to bail. And I haven't had a lot of time this week to play games, so this one's going to be on you, Corey. I've heard that you picked up a title on PSN sale recently called Assemblance. Now, I don't know very much about it except that I think it's like a kind of first person spooky game or something like that, Corey. Uh, Assemblance. What the hell? What's going on? Tell us.
1: Yeah, let's talk about it. So I, like earlier, like I said, with the Oxen free, um, Assemblance is on the same PSN sale. Like I opened up the PSN sale page and, um, I saw the cover of it and, or I guess it's just like the name and there's like a picture of a butterfly and I clicked on it because I was like, oh, let's see what this is, and I, I had never heard of it before and the description was like a first-person psychological thriller and i was like all right i'm sold and it was only like seven or eight dollars or something like that so i Yeah, those are your jam
0: man that's what you're known for dude
1: yeah it's like right up my alley so i downloaded it and almost played it like immediately that night i i just played it a few nights ago and and it is like for a game that i've never heard of i don't even know i should probably looked up who developed it i don't even know who made it but um i mean i don't it's nobody that i recognize i don't know anything about the game but it it actually started off really interesting um the game is about, it's a first-person thriller about a person, I don't even, I think it's a man, um, who is working for this research institute who ba- who kind of makes like a, it's kind of like, I know when we talk about the holosuite and the holodeck and, from Star Trek. Uh, oh, did you ever figure that ago. out? Could we have an no, update on that? I do not have an update on it. But it. I will say that this is very similar. It's like a, they have like a holosuite that sort of, it's like the main character's memories. It's like different... It's like one of them is his office, one of them is his apartment, and one of them is like a park that I think he used to go to. And you can go... You can like call up the holographic memory and go into them. And it's sort of like a puzzle game of you are trying to like piece together like what happened with him, what happened wait, with Wait, 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 his... wait.
0: I'm getting kind of lost here. So wait a Sorry. minute. So you're a guy... You're a guy. Oh, so no fault of your own. I'm just trying to make this make sense in my head. So you're a guy but you're going through what your own memories like how does that work do you are you you're strapped into a vr helmet or no you go it's into just like, like, a like time machine or what
1: it's it's like a little it's like a small slice of a how ha- of a hallway in this research institute and there's just like the hollow suite room in front of you and there's a computer terminal outside and you pull up which memory you want to go into and it conjures it and then when you walk into it you're like in that area then okay um, okay i got gotcha. you all right and so, so go on, and, how has it
0: been? Did you finish it or, or how far into it are you?
1: Well, it the thing that's really probably my favorite thing about it is that it does a thing that kind of fucks with your head a little bit because you know, I love games that like fuck with my head. And it, it, the game has different endings and you kind of have to unlock them one at a time. But you, but if you're not clever enough, you won't realize it has different endings. So, like, once you get the first ending, the game actually kind of ends and it goes back to the title screen. And then you can select continue, or if you think the game is over, you can just stop playing it because it's. I mean, it is possible that you could think the game is over because most games don't go back to the title screen unless the game is over. Um, But if you select continue, you basically respawn right where you started at the from the last ending, and you can keep exploring the research center and the memories further, and you can unlock the next ending, and then you can unlock the. I think there's only three or four, and then you can unlock the final ending. And so i thought that was interesting first of all because i was like oh the game's over that was kind of underwhelming but really like you know you pull the layers back and you can keep playing it to you know to unlock more secrets but the thing that really pissed me off was in order to get the last ending, and first of all, I'm not smart enough to get these endings. I think I got two on my own, and then I had to like go to the internet to find the third and fourth ones because sure, I just sure. I had no
0: idea what to do because because you're a it's, normal human being who has a life. Yeah, I get it. Man.
1: Yeah, and it's like it's very it's kind of like an, a very obtuse puzzle. Um, and the last one just really pissed me off because it's one of those things where the puzzle is so obtuse. It reminds me of PT, which you did you ever play PT?
0: I still have it on my PS4. I have not played it yet because I'm chicken shit. I'm too scared to play it, but I will play it someday.
1: (laughs) Well, PT is very scary, but it does a thing at the end where like, and this was like legendary whenever it came out, where at the end of PT, like the way to finish the game, the puzzle is so ridiculous and obtuse that like, even whenever you had a, when you were like watching YouTube videos of people completing it or like reading walkthroughs, it was still hard to solve it. And that's exactly how Assemblances. like, In order to get the last ending, you have to like go into the apartment memory and wait a full minute for the clock to strike a certain number. And then you have to like open this drawer and then wait another minute. And then like 16 seconds after the last minute, you have to like run back to the bedroom and like look through this hole in the wall. And there's supposed to be like a portrait that appears where the hole was. And I was, like, literally watching a YouTube video and, like, playing along with it. And I tried it, like, four or five times, and I could not time it correctly to get the portrait to show up to get, like, the final, like, real ending. And I was like, are you fucking serious, game? Like, I was really liking you up until, like, the 98th percent. And because your last puzzle is so stupid and so obtuse and so ridiculous that... I'm just, like, tired of playing you, and I turned it off, and I haven't turned it back on, nor will I probably ever. I'm just, like, why? Like, I just feel like now, now that, like, PT came out, and it had, like, a really obtuse puzzle in it, I feel like now developers are just, like, one-upping each other, and these, like, first-person thrillers where they're, like, ooh, how obtuse can we make our puzzle? Like, you know, oh, stare at the ceiling for a minute, stare at the ground, look at this lamp, spin around four times, jump up and down, and then go back to the bedroom, and it's just, like, can we not just make, like, a little more simpler of a puzzle. Like it just really did not sit well with me not being able to finish the game. And it's just frustrating. And I feel like I shouldn't have to do this really dumb obtuse puzzle to unlock the last ending. Whenever I know exactly what to do, I just am not triggering it on the split second that the game wants me to trigger it on. And it's just really frustrating.
0: Uh, You know, it's interesting you bring that up because uh, that's kind of an issue that's been coming up for me. uh. It- in the last couple of years, maybe, you know, life is busy as you get older, life gets busier, especially if you have kids or you have like multiple obligations. And I've, I've noticed this trend in indie games, mostly in indie games, um, where like some games are fun and they have a story and they present it to you and there's challenges or puzzles and you get past those and they're well-designed and then you have a good experience and they're done. And then there are like the indie games for like lonely people where like you don't have much in your life. You don't got a lot going on, so you need things to fill up those hours. And so these games come out, which, like, are only solvable by people who have, like, no life. Like, you know, like like you said, like, <laughs> that kind of thing where you just – it's, like, challenge, you know? Like, you just have to spend so much time working on these puzzles. You get a piece of paper out and a pencil, and then you got to go online to the wiki, and then you got to watch a video, and then you're going on Reddit, and you're comparing notes with people, and then you, like, got a, you know, a formula going, and then you got the math going, and it's, like, dude, like – I. I I am not down for that kind of game. Like, if you want to make a game for me, and I'm not saying that's an invalid game. Like, that's fine if you want that kind of experience. Clearly, some people do. Some people like that. Uh, For me, it's like anathema. I just can't stand it where it's taking up too much of my time and too much of my energy. And when I play games, I want to have fun. Not that a game to be fun needs to be, like, to give me everything on a plate and to just carry me from the start to the end. But, like, you know, be reasonable, you know? Like, let's uh, just make it so that you can get through it without having to do like all this online research. And it's just, it's just those kind of games just really wear me out and they burn me out. And if I get to one of those, I usually quit before the end because I just don't want to put out that much effort.
1: Yeah. And I totally get that because one, well, the thing that annoys me about games like, like Assemblance and PT2 is like, there's nowhere in Assemblance that gives you the impression in any way, shape or form that the last puzzle has to be solved in a certain way that it does. So it's like literally you just have to fuck around until you figure out the solution or you have to go online to find it. And I think that's just not the right thing to do if you're trying to craft a game for someone, unless you're specifically making a game for those people who have the time in their day to play this game for hours and figure out what the fuck to do to solve it. And I just, I am just not, it's just not what I'm here for, you know?
0: Yeah, I agree. Any game that makes me go to the internet to solve it is is a bad game to me. I mean, some people disagree, but for me, I'm out. So it sounds like we're kind of in agreement on that one. It sounds interesting, though. I may still check it out. I think uh, I'm pretty sure I picked it up on sale because it was only a couple bucks. Uh, if nothing else, maybe I'll just dip into it and get a taste for what what it does. I, yeah. do, I do not think that I will be uh, going through that, that nonsense that you described, though.
1: <laughs> and so. I think you should try it. And it's not, I mean, it's billed as like a first-person psychological thriller game, but it's really not scary. I mean, there's no, It's a, it's atmospheric, but there's no like, jump scares or you know like monsters or anything it's just kind of like a psychological exploration game so i mean i know you're not into horror games and it's so it's not scary so don't be worried about that if you play it but you should try it at least it's only like a couple of hours long too so it's not a long game at
0: all okay cool cool short games are definitely my jam so that sounds good Um, All right. Uh, I don't know if the listeners can pick up, but we seem to have some kind of internet troubles right now. I think we would be wise to wrap up the show before the whole thing goes kaput. And I think we've pretty much covered our topics. So I think this is going to do it for this installment of the So Video Games podcast. Thank you very much for listening. And as always, please send your thoughts, feedback, ideas, anything else you'd like. You can reach us at SoVideoGamesPodcast at gmail.com. We are also on Twitter at SoVideoGames. So bye from Brad and bye from Corey and we'll catch you next week.